0: You are listening to RudolfSteinerAudio.com, as well these podcasts can be heard at RudolfSteiner.Podbean.com. Please consider becoming a patron. There are two publishing houses, SteinerBooks.org in America and RudolfSteinerPress.com in England, which are the sole publishers of Steiner into English and have given me permission to do these recordings. Please consider patronizing them as well. This is a reading of Collected Works Volume 93A by Rudolf Steiner, the participant's notes to 31 lectures, entitled Foundations of Esotericism, translated by Vera and Judith Compton Burnett. This is Lecture 26, given in Berlin on the 28th of October, 1905. Today we shall speak about the fourth Earth round. In the course of our whole evolution, we have seven planetary conditions, Saturn, Sun, Moon, Earth, Jupiter, Venus, Vulcan. And in connection with each planet, we must consider seven rounds. The passing through a round may also be called a kingdom, and the fourth round on the earth we call the mineral kingdom. We are now on the fourth planet, in the fourth round, and within this round, in the fourth globe or condition of form. The fourth condition of form is always physical. Thus we stand exactly in the middle of our earthly evolution. This is frequently felt to be something extraordinarily important for man. We have behind us three planets, three rounds, three globes, and the same numbers still lie before us. But if we were standing on Old Moon, we should see yet another planetary condition before Saturn. If we were standing on future Jupiter, we should no longer see Saturn, but in its place a planet beyond Vulcan. The exact middle of our present evolution was with the fourth subrace of the fourth root race, with the original Turanians, the fourth Atlantean subrace. A kind of spiritual darkness came about at a certain moment of evolution. Humanity entered into a dark age. This dark age is called Kali Yuga. What man knows today, he still knows from the standpoint that was his in earlier epochs of his development. At the end of the fifth round, mankind will once again be able to see spiritually, having the capacity of looking both backward and forward. The fourth earth round began with the emergence of the first Arupa earth globe from the darkness of Pralaya, in which everything had been dissolved. Then all that exists on the earth today was present in a formless state as thoughts. We can gain a right concept of this when we limit ourselves as far as possible to what is physical and imagine this as thought seeds. The forms were not yet present, but only the thoughts preceding their manifestation. If we ask, who then had these thoughts? We receive As answer, these were the thoughts of spiritual beings who are in connection with the earth, such spiritual beings as, for example, Jehovah and his hosts, who accomplished everything around us on the earth. At that time, all thoughts were present as thoughts of the spiritual beings in the Arupa globe. What was it then that caused the gods to have as their aim Just this thought of man. What was it that gave them the model? It was the monads, which were already present, but not yet connected with human beings. Slowly human beings developed as thoughts of the gods. Now the Arupa sphere densified. Everything emerged as thought forms. The whole earth was filled with these, It was as though one were looking into a great model filled with small crystals. Present within it as models were all the forms of human beings, animals and plants. Spiritual beings worked on these as a master builder works on his models. They were put together from outside. The whole then passes over into astral substance. The astral earth globe came into being. In between, there were short pralayas. Now again, we have to do with the outwardly working divine powers, who poured forth the astral substance, filling the forms with light and color. Here are to be found all the astral forms of human beings and animals, as well as the whole plant kingdom, in a great astral sea. This then densified ever more and more and the physical earth arose as the fourth globe. Until then, until the beginning of the fourth round, sun and moon were still united with the earth. They formed one body with the earth. During the great pralaya, preceding the first earth round, sun and moon had again merged with the earth, and during the first three earth rounds, the three remained together. There then arose a kind of biscuit form. In the third earth round, out of the earth-sun ball, on one side the earth protruded like a swelling, on the other side the moon. At that time the main body actually trailed two such sacs around with it. Only in the fourth earth round did the body regain its spherical form. Then, however, there again arose the sac-like formations in the ether, protruding from both sides. Thus here we have to do with an earth that is still united with the sun and also with the moon. At that time, most life was in the region between the moon and the earth. This has been correctly preserved in the Mohammedan Paradise Saga. The following now occurred. When the second root race, the Hyperborean, of the fourth earth round, approached, The sun separated itself off, and in the third root race, the Lemurian, the moon did so also. Everything evolved physically, which previously had only been present on the astral globe. Now, too, man appeared physically, but organized in such a way that he could take the monad into his ever more purified astral body. Had man taken the monad into himself earlier he would have received with it manas, buddhi, and atma. He would have become very wise, but the wisdom would have been a kind of dream wisdom. At first man had no power over the physical body and the etheric body. He could also do nothing about the lower passions coming over to him from old moon. These appeared of necessity until the time when he entered upon the earth epoch. If man had simply taken up the monads into the ennobled animality, he could not have fallen into error. He would have become what Jehovah had intended, endowed, that is to say, with all wisdom, but at the same time formed into a living statue. Then those beings intervened, who on moon had developed more quickly than in the ordinary course of moon evolution. Lucifer is a power, who has enthusiasm for wisdom, which is as intense as the sense-life of animals. He is equipped with all those things that come over from moon. If Lucifer alone had taken responsibility for evolution, a battle would have arisen between him and the old gods. Jehovah's aim was the perfection of form. Lucifer would have been able to develop in astral substance his passion for premature spirituality. The result would have been a violent battle between the Jehovah Spirits and the hosts of Lucifer. There was the danger that through Jehovah some human beings would become living statues and that through Lucifer others would be too quickly spiritualized. Means of bringing about a balance would have to be obtained elsewhere. In order to annul the battle between Jehovah and Lucifer, the White Lodge, which was just in its beginning, had to obtain material from one of the other planets. This differed essentially from the astral substance that had come over from Old Moon, from the astral-comic animal substance. The possibility arose of leading over substance from other planets. New passions, less vehement, but conceived on the basis of independence. The new material was brought over from Mars. Thus, in the first half of our Earth evolution, astral substance from Mars was introduced. A great advance was brought about through the introduction of this astral substance from Mars. External civilization on the Earth arose through the fact that hardening on the one side and spiritualization on the other side were prevented. Lucifer made use of what had been given by the Mars forces. The new state of the Earth was given the name of Mars. Things continued in this way until the middle of the Atlantean race. Then a new question arose. Man had absorbed wisdom. But in the future it would not be possible for wisdom alone to manifest in a form-creating way. One would have been able to build up the mineral kingdom through Lucifer, but Lucifer could not have given it life. Man could never have imparted life under the influence of the other powers. This was why a sun-god had to come, a higher being than Lucifer. There still existed what are known as the solar pitrus. The most exalted among these is Christ. Christ. As Lucifer represents the manas element, so the buddhi element is represented by Christ. The human astral bodies had still to receive a third impact. This was brought down from Mercury. Christ united his sovereignty with that of Lucifer. If one wants to ascend the heights in order to find the way to the gods, one needs Mercury, the divine messenger. He is the one who prepared the path of Christ— from the middle of the Atlantean root race onward in order later to enter into the astral bodies which had received the mercurial element. All our present metals have only gradually become what they are now. Gold, silver, platinum, and so on, all pass through these conditions. When they are heated they become first hot, then liquid, then gaseous. This latter was once the condition of all metals in the gaseous earth. Gold, too, first densified with the earth. At one time it was entirely etheric gold. When we go back to the time when the earth was still united with the sun, there was as yet no solid gold within it. The particles of the white sun ether became first fluid and then solid. These are the veins of gold which are now in the earth. Gold is solidified sunlight. Silver is solidified moonlight. All mineral substances have gradually solidified. When human beings become ever more spiritualized, quicksilver will also become solid. At one time gold and silver formed drops just as water does now. The fact that mercury is still fluid is connected with the whole process of earth evolution. It will become solid when the messenger of the gods, Mercury, has fulfilled his mission. In the middle of the Atlantean root race, quicksilver was brought down from Mercury in etheric form. Had we not had quicksilver, we should not have had the Christ impulse. In the drops of quicksilver, we have to see what was incorporated in the earth in the middle of the Atlantean epoch. When the Mars Principle, Kama Manas, was incorporated into the Earth, iron was brought down to the Earth from Mars. Iron originates in Mars. It was at first in astral form and later densified. When we trace the Earth to that period of time, we find ever fewer warm-blooded animals. It was only in the middle of the Lemurian Age that warm blood made its appearance together with the Mars impulse. Iron came into the blood at that time. It is iron that in all occult writings is brought into connection with Mars, quicksilver with buddhi-mercury. Certain people learn this from the adepts. The earth was, therefore, understood as Mars and Mercury. Everything that did not originate from Mars and Mercury has come over from the moon. The days of the week are an image of planetary evolution. The sequence of the planets is described in a wonderful way in the days of the week. Saturn, Saturday, Sun, Sunday, Moon, Monday, Mars, Tew, Tuesday, Mardi, Mercury, Wodan, Wednesday, Mercredi, Jupiter, Thor, Thursday, Udi, Venus, Freya, Friday, Vendredi, Vulcan, the octave to Saturn, Saturday. In the saying that Christ trod on and crushed the head of the serpent, we find a profound expression of esotericism. The serpent's head is mere wisdom. This must be overcome. True wisdom lies in the heart. This is why the serpent's head must be trodden underfoot. In the Hercules saga, the same truth has already been expressed. He kills the Lernaean Hydra, whose head always grows anew. Mere manas will always come again. Hercules must keep the blood at a distance, comma. Then the Hydra will be conquered. Blood came into the earth with the Mars wisdom, comma manas. Deep meaning lies in many other things. The separation of the moon preceded the Mars age. The moon contains silver. Still earlier, the separation of the sun took place. Gold is condensed sunlight, hence the golden age. Moonlight and silver, the silver age. Mars and iron, the bronze age. We are now in the middle in the fourth globe. On the fifth globe there will arise the faculty of organizing oneself from within outward. Then the earth will be transformed into a sphere on which man will create his form from within outward. The earth will then be a, in quotes, plastic astral globe. The sixth globe, called, in quotes, intellectual, is the one on which the human being not only works physically on his form, but will be able to place his own thoughts into the form. On the fifth globe, Man will be able, for instance, to form a hand. On the sixth globe, he will be able to send his thoughts out into the surrounding world. On the seventh globe, called in quotes archetypal, everything will again become formless. Everything will pass over once more into the seed condition. We will now consider our present ego, our present I. There are within it a multitude of mental images and concepts. When we observe the civilized world today, we say, it is out of the eye that the civilized world has arisen. All this was once within a human head. It was contained within the eye. From out of the human eye, it was put together. All the things constructed by human skill have been born out of the eye. In the middle of the Lemurian age, the eye was still empty, Man could as yet do nothing. Only gradually did he learn in the most primitive way to know the world from outside. His eye was at that time like a hollow soap bubble. When he saw a stone, it was reflected into him. Perhaps he saw a sharp edge on it, and with it he began to chip other stones. In this way he started to work formatively on the mineral world. What was in his surroundings reflected itself more and more into what was, at first, his empty eye. At the end of the physical globe, everything will be present as reflected image in our eye. When at last we have all this within us, we will form it from within outward. This will be the plastic condition on the next, the fifth globe. The master builder of Köln Cathedral gathered his impressions into his eye. This content of his eye will be vivified by Buddhi and later on the fifth globe he will give all this form. On the sixth globe all this will be present as thought. And on the seventh globe everything will be drawn together into the atom. In the next round man will create the new plant kingdom, out of the eye. In the middle of the Lemurian age, the eye was like a hole bored into matter. All our egos were at that time such holes in matter, which since then we have filled up. In the next round, their content will emerge in plant form, for in that fifth round there will take place with the plant kingdom, what is now taking place with the mineral kingdom. The whole earth will then be an immense, single, living being. The human being will have achieved a conscious life of feeling and perception, and will then give it form outside himself. In the sixth round, there will no longer be a plant kingdom. Man will then allow living thoughts filled with feeling and perception to go out from himself as pure intellectual formations. In the sixth round on the sixth globe, in its sixth stage of development, corresponding to the sixth root race, an important decision will be taken. Everything will have reached the devakonic condition that has been able to develop out of all the kingdoms. If anyone has not progressed to the point that he can be raised to the stage of devakon, he will remain in the animal state. This will take place according to the number 666, the number of the beast. In the seventh round, humanity will be completely purified. The human kingdom will then attain its zenith. This round is the quickest. The human being, when he emerges from it, will have become a god and will carry his development over to Jupiter. In every round, the first globe or condition of form is of such a nature that in fact we have not yet to do with a form, but the form is only present as incipient plan. This is why esotericism does not reckon the Arupa globe among the conditions of form, but with the conditions of life. This is the case also with the seventh globe, the archetypal. Thus we have only five conditions of form. The first and the last globes of each round are conditions of life. All the conditions of the rounds are also called conditions of life because passing through a kingdom represents a condition of life. In the first round, life was in the first elementary kingdom. In the second round, in the second elementary kingdom. In the third round, in the third elementary kingdom. In the fourth round, in the mineral kingdom. In the fifth round, life will be in the plant kingdom. In the sixth round, life will be in the animal kingdom, and in the seventh round, life will be in the human kingdom. When one considers life in the human kingdom in the seventh round, this sheds its light into the next round, when man will have passed over into another condition of consciousness. The purpose of a round consists in achieving a new stage of life. The purpose of the seventh round is to lead over into a new stage of consciousness. Thus the esotericist only reckons six conditions of life, counting the seventh round as a new condition of consciousness. If we wish to write down in numbers the conditions of life, form, and consciousness, we get five globes or conditions of form, six rounds or conditions of life, ten planets or conditions of consciousness. If we count the whole evolution from Saturn to Vulcan, we have expressed what we find with Helena Petrovna Blavatsky as the number of the Prajapatis one zero six five that is to say ten six five, the end of lecture twenty six